Well, hello and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am the man whose name is in the title, Mr. Warren Hayes. Well, you know, officially speaking, the Mr. is not part of my name, right? It's a title that has been bestowed upon me by um, via society because, um, well, because that's... Uh, that's just how things go, right? Uh, the um, they just happen like that, and uh, I decided to stick that on there because I just want people to remember that I like to be called Mister. I don't know. look. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I know where I'm going here tonight on uh, September 24, 2020, and that is to talk about professional wrestling right here live on YouTube.com/slash Mister Warren Hayes, which we are going to be doing here. And yes, live, because I record live every Thursday evening right here, like I said, on YouTube.com. And that means that there's a bunch of people who come into the chat and join me live and enjoy a good time talking about pro wrestling, such as Tim Traver was here. How you doing? Tom as well is here. Singer Vampire, nice to see you. Kelly Tonjes as well. DGMC. Good to see you uh, as well. Mark Forbes is here. Robert Larry, good to see you, Robert. Nice to see him. Nick Wolf uh, has joined us tonight as well. Let's see who else is here. Let's see who else is here. I want to make sure I don't forget anyone because then I'm... Mr. Fretz is in the house. Good to see you here as well. Brian Payne, nice to see you. Um, Throwback is in the house as well. Big pause on a pup. JPQ and uh, very nice to see you too. Good, good to see you. Aaron Entertainment is here. Anakin JMT is here. Thomas Gorys is here. Um, and uh, and we 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 we've got. Uh, oh my goodness, there's so many. Nikki is here as well. My goodness, uh, Trends Day Sean is here. Good to see you too. And uh, I feel like I'm missing people. Everything is scrolling. So quickly, Ooh, yeah. everything is going by so fast. I mean, come on. There's a lot of people here tonight, but the important thing is that I'm... Oh, and Timothy Farley of Armbar Radio is here as well. There we go. I think I think I have everyone covered. Ben is here. There you go. All right, Ben Perize. It's very stressful to do these the these salutations when everything when everything starts. It is. I want to make sure that everyone feels saluted. Carlos, how you doing? Good to see you. Everyone is here. Everyone is here. It's good to see everyone because we do record live here every Thursday evening. So thank you for watching. If you're watching here live, why don't you consider jumping into uh, jump, jumping onto that like button, giving the video a thumbs up. That's always appreciated or, or share the video out into the universe. That's also super appreciated. Uh, and uh, uh, that, that kind of stuff really, really does help out the show quite a bit. Um, hey, uh, some some stuff some news hey we've got a pay-per-view weekend coming up and i know a lot of people are like what there's a there's a there's a pay-per-view this weekend yeah yeah wwe is putting on a pay-per-view this weekend clash of the champions so you know what that means that means that this saturday i'm going to be doing a prediction show live here on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes 11 a.m standard eastern standard well we're not standard yet so it's still easy uh, daylight right it's the look saturday morning at 11 eastern right uh that's happening this uh, it's happening this weekend i'm gonna have a prediction show and i'm going to have none other than our boy throwback on the show who's going to come over talk predictions talk about the card and give our our pinpoint accurate precision 
uh, pin laser focused predictions for the show as well. Of course, as you know how it is. Throwbacks, throwbacks, a, a good friend of the show for a long time, and he has his own stuff. Have you subscribed to his YouTube channel yet? Throwback twenty seven, YouTube.com slash Throwback twenty seven. That's fantastic. Head on over there and subscribe now, and and be sure to come and join us again then on uh, on uh, Saturday morning for our prediction show. It's going to be, as they say in the business, a good time. Which business says that? Pretty much all the businesses, if you ask me. Uh, don't forget, folks, you can also continue. If, you, if you're watching here live and you enjoyed the, the live chat, well, why don't you consider becoming a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show uh, uh, channel, becoming a member. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, there's a button there that says join. And if you join uh, and support the show that way, you get a bunch of little emojis that you can use as you're chatting here live. So that's really great if you're a live, if you're the type of person who likes to join us live. And if you like to join us live and you want to continue the party after, there's a Mr. Warren Hayes Discord out there as well. The link is in the description. So go on over there. Join, join the Mr. Warren Hayes show discord always full of great people live watch alongs and stuff like that await and what else awaits you well after the show over on patreon.com slash mr warren hayes again another good way to support the show i will be doing my post show and we'll be taking in some calls from the patrons over on the discord they come in and join us live we'll also be chatting with live in the chat and we will be doing we will be talking about uh, I'll be picking the 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 um, the uh, live folks who join me live tonight on the post show. I'll be picking their brains to find out what their predictions are for Clash of the Champions this weekend. So head on over Patreon.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Consider becoming a subscriber, and that helps out a lot as well. And another way to uh, that helps out a lot as well is to uh, drop us a super chat right here live and i will read your question or comment or mood live on the air <laughs> uh such as anakin uh, who left us a a very nice super chat thank you very much anakin i appreciate it a great deal he says if you become a patron member you can hear ben's lovely french canadian voice ben who the one of the mods here on the mr warren hayes show live and my definitely american not british voice well he tries his best on the post show uh, you won't hear DGMC, though, since he won't buy a mic. Well, he'll get there eventually. We believe in him. Mr. Fretz also left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Mr. Fretz. He says, when you're as big as Warren, they call you Mr. Are you calling me fat? Oh, no, wait. I think you meant like, uh, okay. Well, I don't think I'm, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think anyone has to call me Mr. It's just, you know, it's just for, it's just for kicks. Uh, so there we go. Thank you very much. Got a couple of super chats as well that I'm going to talk about as we get into that those particular segments. And uh, we're going to start with our very first our very first segment tonight. We're going to kick this one off. We're going to mix things up a little bit because, as you know, folks, G1 season has begun, and you know it is a time of year that I particularly love and enjoy. And we're going to start right now with the weekly G1 recap. That's right. <laughs> Let's go right ahead and uh, go to recap the the events. We have four, we already have we already started with four nights of um, of G one activities here. Uh, starting off with uh, on night one, uh, night one 
by by uh, by uh, by the way just in case you're wondering just in case you're like should I be watching this stuff I'm gonna tell you straight off straight off the bat here night one was fantastic like as far as New Japan shows go it was absolutely fantastic it was a great show from top to bottom uh all the all the the, the pro players were there it's block a block a is super stacked and everything clicked everything was good it was such a good night I'll even go as far as to tell you this y'all if you're if, if you're sitting back and you're wondering what is this what is this thing about new Japan pro wrestling why is everyone so so into it how can I as as a mere mortal get into new Japan pro wrestling this first match of the uh, of the G1 this year G1 climax 30 was I think it's a great jumping on point. If you've never watched New Japan before, you'll get a mix of all the styles that make New Japan so great, first and foremost. And then, on top of that, uh, you'll uh, you'll have something that's a breeze to watch. You'll get to know who the big players are. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, let's let, uh, and uh, let me break let me break down the matches really really quickly. We first had Will Ospreay versus Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Pimp! <laughs> the opening match. It was Osprey's first match uh, returning to New Japan since the outbreak. It was a strong return for him. No surprise he he won uh, because, uh, well, because Yujiro, Yujiro's a, he's a little jerk, isn't he? he he's, he's just a little, he's a little twerp. So, <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Eh, what are you going to do? So Osprey win, won that one. We also had um, our Lord Taichi. Defeating Jeff Cobb on night one was a good match. Taichi was, uh, Taichi, you know, when Taichi feels like it, he can deliver a good match. This was, this was solid. It was, you know, it was fine. It was a, it was a fun match. Um, and I was surprised by the outcome, but it looks like we're going to talk about Taichi in a little bit, but I think, uh, I think it's looking more and more like, uh, like our boy Taichi is going to be on top of the world here, at least for a while. Uh, we also had uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki. Man, this is exactly the type of beatdown that you wanted from these two guys. It was a really strong, strong fight, a brawl. It was good. We had Jay White going out over Shingo Tagaki. White was in top form and he legitimately looked excited to be there in his own, you know, his his heelish way. Uh, it was, uh, he was no match for Shingo's strengths uh, here, but he used his smarts. And that's, that's the story about Jay White. Sometimes he can't really go toe-to-toe with a lot of the with a lot of the upper tier opponents but you know he's he's a smart wrestler he uses a lot of stuff to his advantage and that's how he was able to get this one up they hit some big moves on each other shingo hit the last of the dragon uh, uh, white hit a kiwi crusher uh, there's a ref bump eventually that happened uh that was followed by a, a low blow but by jay white on shingo but he still can't put shingo away however a snapdragon suplex and the blade runner do the work uh it was a that it was a surprisingly uh strong match it was really good i recommend you check it out but um i also recommend that you check out Ibu, uh, kota ibushi versus uh kazuchika okada uh because the story look okada's having trouble that's the story of this of this g1 okada's having issues he's having difficulties trying to get to 
to his winning ways, get back to his winning ways. And he had a hard time with Ibushi here. So he tried everything he could to put him away. I, there was even at some point he was threatening, and I laughed out loud here. They teased Okada doing a uh, an avalanche tombstone oh, on Ibushi. Yeah. And I was like, what is the psychology behind an avalanche tombstone? You know what I mean? Like, what is... What is the psychology behind that? Is it like, look, hitting this move will re will likely kill my the guy, but I really need to win these two points in the tournament. <laughs> he was, he was, um, he he tried everything he could, uh, but Ibushi won uh, with one Kamigoye, which again is very strange because Okada usually will kick out of finishers. You need a couple to put him away. This isn't our rainmaker. It's not. This isn't our. This isn't our. Uh, our Co our uh, Kazuchika Okada here. But I'm going to talk about it a little more uh, when we get into uh, when we get into night three. Uh, so night one, you you don't want to miss it. Night two, B block. The first night of B block, which a lot of people think is really inferior to block A, and to a certain extent, as far as the talent uh, repetition goes. Uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to be desired uh, in the balance. Block B, when you look at it, seems a lot weaker. But they had a really good first night as well. Started off with Juice Robinson defeating Yoshihashi. And guys, look, it's 2020, the, the year of our Lord. A lot of weird, wacky oh, shit yeah. happens in 2020. Right? Let me tell you this. Juice Robinson, first of all, returning to the ring as a blues brother is that's one thing, right? But uh then having because you have to I'm not sure about that look, Juice. Like you've had you've had some you've you've had some uh some weird fashion choices before, but you know that one kind of took the cake there. But listen, listen, listen. I'm not gonna harp on it too much. Um, that's not the story here. The story is that he and Yoshihashi had a had a fun match. They they just went out and and had a they had a fun match. And Juice looked. I was excited to see Juice because Juice was excited to be wrestling again. And I was like, what? What is going on here? Like what the what the thing is ugh. I don't I don't understand what's going on. I really don't. 2020 is weird. Yoshihashi eats the pin here, but it was a good it was a, it was a it was a strong match between the both. I suggest you take a look at it. It was good. Toriano defeated Sonata. Uh of course it was a Yano match. It was a lot of comedy. I enjoyed them. I like uh, Yano is my spirit animal. He's the king of pro wrestling. Let's not remember the king of pro wrestling. Sonata has, I think, when I was looking at this match, thinking back about it, I think he has potential to be uh Yano's uh ultimate foil because he's so stone-faced and serious all the time. He has like he has no time for Yano's nonsense. He really doesn't. He has no time for it. There was a, at some point Yano was trying to bait him to 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 break a 20 count out of the ring and Yano wasn't hurt or anything. He was just like, come on out. And Yano was just standing in the ring and just like, man, if you're going to sit there and, you know, try to bait me to come out and do some nonsense, I ain't buying it. I'm staying in the ring. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Match came to an end when Yano tied up Sonata's or taped up Sonata's leg to Suji's 
which is one of the young lions, taped up his leg while they while they were on the floor, and he had to uh, he and Sushi had to three legged man their way all the way. They were down the ramp, all the way up the ramp to the ring. Couldn't make it on time. Yano won. King of Pro Wrestling. What do you expect? And we had Kenta uh, defeating uh, Hiroki Goto. This was good stuff. It's the best Kenta we've seen since he's been in New Japan, in your boy's humble opinion. And he was dominant on, on Goto, which was kind of surprising. A good win for Kenta, who I feel he wrestled like he has something to prove. You know what I mean? I feel like he has, I feel like he's got something to prove to us as 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 winner uh, not as winners as uh as watchers as viewers as wrestling fans we'll see what happens moving forward uh but that was a, that was a fun match Zack Sabre Jr defeated former IWGP heavyweight champion and IWGP intercontinental champion Evil and this is what you would call a surprise i would say um and Jr here or Sabre or Zack SSJ, ZSJ, ZSJ, it's so complicated, but the guy, old noodle arms, showed just how versatile he can be as a performer because Evil doesn't have the same skill set as Junior does as far as mat work and technical work does. Uh, so Junior was able to adapt a lot to, uh, to, uh, to take a lot of uh, Evil's offense and really sell for him and adapt uh, to uh, his own style to sort of uh, to, to sort of make his match with Evil work. It was a good match. It was a good match. The power style versus the 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 grappling. Junior pulled out the win. That was a shocker. And then we had uh, as the main event Naito defeating uh, Tetsuya Naito, IW, double champ, IWGP heavyweight champion and intercontinental champion. Uh, defeating um, Hiroshi Tanahashi in a match that was remarkably good, like remarkably good. Probably one of the uh, probably right now my favorite match of the tournament so far. So so technically sound, a great build up and a fantastic story. Just building off of years of these two having matches against each other. It was such good stuff, perfectly built. I loved it. I loved it to bits. It was a really, really, really good match. Want to say hello to the Round Done 24 who joined us. Good to see you. We got, hey, Tony from the Get the Tables podcast is here as well. Good to see you uh, as well. And our boy, Wild Boy, is here as well, who left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Wild Boy. He says, have a great show, brother. I'm listening while finishing putting new tile in my bathroom. Nothing like setting down some tile on a when on a Thursday evening, <laughs> that's fantastic. Good, good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Let's move on to night three. Uh, so we're back to a block here. Jeff Cobb defeated Shingo Tagaki. What the hell are they doing with Shingo? You guys know what my prediction was. Shingo was going to tear ass throughout this entire G1. What the hell? Are they doing with Shingo having him lose early on like this? They had him drop the Never title. There, there has to be a reason for this. But, I mean, good for good for Cobb. Uh, good for him for picking up a win because in my predictions, he, he, he wasn't picking up a lot of wins. But this is a big one and it was a hard-hitting match. Big power moves. I, I, I think I tweeted out or, no, it was in the Discord when I was watching this. I was like, man, 
Cobb and Shingo need to have a suplex off. They just like constantly belly to backing themselves or overhead suplexing each other time after time after time. I'd be down for that. There was a lot of this. I know there's there's a lot of people who didn't especially care for it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, so, the, but I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Shingo moving forward. Fingers crossed. Kazuchika Okada defeated Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Beam! And, uh, but it took him everything that he could do to try and defeat Takahashi, who was clearly under him now here's the and this is the story this is what everyone is wondering are they are they what kind of angle are they working here what kind of story are they working with kazu is he is he washed up can he not win the if he can't win the under matches how do they expect him to win the big matches moving forward right it, 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 it that makes sense and he's been trying to win matches with the uh uh, with the cobra with the cobra clutch excuse me which was super effective for him during the new japan cup now he's like he's been having trouble locking it in and it looks really awkward um takahashi even bit his way out of it at some point during this match it's a very interesting story i find that they're telling if you ask me i think uh i think okada is going to have some some uh, early on in the tournament some bad performances but is going to turn it up towards the end once he's probably in a position to start spoiling matches then maybe we're going to start seeing a bit of the rainmaker but clearly they're trying to move on and trying to build some new people just establishing the fact that okada will probably have a redemption run down the road and i'm okay with that because in no way is the guy legitimately um uh, washed up you know he's he he's not legitimately Ooh, washed yeah. up he's, my god he's kazuchika okada he's still um he's still he's still great he's still great evan wright left us a super chat says the money clip baby that's right submission submission okada rules as long as he can lock it in right as long as it works as long as he's able to make it work it should be okay so uh so yeah there we go um then who else uh, oh yeah then we had uh uh tai chi defeating minoru suzuki now again if you're not hip to the new japan stuff minoru suzuki and tai chi are in the same faction a faction called suzuki gun which is um uh suzuki gun which is a um which is a faction that is led by Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki's the leader of the thing, and they just go right after each other. There's a lot of pent-up aggression. I know that going into this match, Suzuki and Taichi were sort of shit-talking each other, but, you know, they were in a position where they felt like they had to prove something, uh, and uh, Taichi defeated him. And and this might have made... This, this might have made the... Uh, this might have made... Um, uh, tai Chi's entire tournament at this point he just reveled in it as he was in the ring seeing Suzuki hobble away defeated and broken I was like that's like, like that was some crazy crazy stuff I, I, I myself I was I was very 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 much stunned at it uh, and because um, it's not necessarily something I was expecting but I'm I mean I'm all for 
I'm all for monkey wrenches throughout the tournament. Nick Wolf left us a couple of super chats in this regard. He, thank you very much, Nick, by the way. He left the first one saying, let's take a second to bow to our Lord Tai Chi. Tied for first place. Yes, because he has a perfect record so far. He's uh, he's one of the leaders of top of, of block A. I don't know if I'm ready to bow to him. But the other super chat that Nick Wolf left us was hashtag Tai Chi for semis. Ugh. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens moving. We'll see what happens moving on, moving forward. Um, but right now, Tai Chi, Tai Chi's on a roll. We had Will Ospreay defeating Tomohiro Ishii again. Another strong, strong outing for Ospreay, and the same for Ishii. I mean, Ishii uh, again, you know, pulling everything out that he can to to make things work uh work perfectly for him uh it wasn't great but it was it was a good match uh Ishii man sold like a madman uh he his job was to get Osprey over and he did that uh and um and the story of Osprey continues establishing himself as a heavyweight throughout the tournament and he did it you know he, he won his first two matches two important matches crucial matches to show that he is a heavyweight and that he can hang with the heavyweights, beating Yajiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp, as a, as a jabroni, right? Because that's, you know, any self-respecting heavyweight is going to put um, Takahashi away. And, uh, and, and then defeating the journeyman Tomohiro Ishii, uh, who's, who can... Uh, who can pull a win out of nowhere sometimes, who is a bit of a, somewhat of a gatekeeper, defeating him, having those two wins help establish Osprey a lot more as a heavyweight. That's really, really crucial. I still believe that he's not going to have as great a run as everyone expects him to have. But, you know, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. We still got, we've still got, uh, what, 16 days of, of wrestling ahead of us. We're not done yet, folks. And Jay White, ya boy, defeated Kota Ibushi. Great damn story here as White was clearly outmatched by Ibushi. Uses trickery to get the job done. I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't like it when Evil does it because it's it's very, very much overblown. But in Jay White's uh, situation, there's always a bit of Gato poking at him. And it's there's a minimalistic approach to the interference, which I really appreciated here. Um... White tries to uh, to stack up, you know, to Ibushi striking. He can't. They try to he, they try to do the strong style thing, you know. And it, it, Jay White clocks Ibushi. Ibushi's like, okay, he clocks him back, and White drops. He can't. He he can't go like toe to toe against him, but he's okay with that. But he mangled and tore at Ibushi. Now the question is, is Ibushi healthy enough? To move forward, or he will be healthy enough to move forward. But how will his health moving forward affect his performances? How will that come into play moving forward? Excellent, excellent stuff here. By the way, for everyone who are who are watching live and are complaining about the buffering, uh, I do know that YouTube is having problems tonight. Um, it's, it's for once, it's not on my end, but that's one of the reasons why the pre-roll was so long. And I apologize for everyone who were, uh, waiting, uh, for the show to start. Um, but, um, YouTube was having issues. Hopefully they're, 
they're they're uh, fixing themselves as we go along. Try refreshing your stream at the same time. But trust me, everything is super clean, super smooth on my end. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you being here and working through all these issues just to uh, just to sit here and listen to me shit talk about wrestling. I don't really shit talk, but you know, uh, but 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 you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, and then we moved on to uh, today's edition, the G4, uh, the G4, the night four of the G1. Uh, right now, it's the low point of the tournament. I don't think it was a really good, uh, I don't think it was a really good um, overall night for uh, for wrestling, uh, for, for the uh, for New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, I should say. Not just for wrestling, for, but for New Japan Pro Wrestling. We had uh, Hiroki Goto defeating Sonata, was fine. We had Toru Yano defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Yano pulling out some of his uh, old school uh, amateur wrestling during this match, uh, but it was fine. Again, another Yano match, and uh, Tanahashi uh, uh, jobbed out to the well, jobbed out. You know what I mean. What when you're wrestling the king of pro wrestling and you lose, you're jobbing out, right? You job out to the king of pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, Juice Robinson defeated Kenta in a shocker but also not a great match i thought it was kind of dull um but juice defeating kenta did not see that one coming is juice angling for the upset of the century here because this is a big win for juice good for him nonetheless evil defeated yoshihashi this was again it was a this was a this was a fun match um and your boy yoshihashi is here look 2020 is the dream year for for Yoshi hyphen Hashi, right? It's his dream year. He's he won a championship. He won the six, never six men. You know, his first title. And at some point, I'm sort of I'm watching the match go on towards the final third, and I thought Yoshihashi legitimately had uh, evil a couple of times. I thought he had him cornered. I really, really did. I thought I thought he uh, I, I, I I they had me believing. Let me put it that way. They had me believing that Yoshihashi was going was going to pull off a uh, that that Yoshihashi was going to pull off a big a big win tonight or uh, earlier today. Didn't quite, but still they had me believing. That's what 2020 will do to you. But Evil gets his first win, and Tetsuya Naito defeated Zack Saber Jr. Great, great match. You should check this one out. They, this is another one where they had me believing that uh, not that Zack Sabre Jr. could win, but it would that it would go the full time limit though, because they almost they went up to twenty eight thirty something like that. It was hard hitting, full of impact moves. I think um, Naito and 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 Sabre work really really well together. They're able to adapt. Uh, they're able to adapt each other's styles really really well. Uh, it brought out Naito's ground game, which we don't see very often, which was really good to see. They really meshed super well. It was a fun match. And I think right now, Zack Sabre Jr. is is pulling ahead as a, as tournament MVP. Like, this is usually something that we, that, that early on we're like, oh, it's Tomohiro Ishii. And he, he still has time to do that as well. But right now, Sabre has had two really good high profile matches i'm uh, again not that i've ever doubted uh his his skill set because he's extremely talented are you kidding me but um he, there there's just there was just something here 
that um, there's just something here that, uh, that clicked. Over the past two nights, it's been fantastic stuff. What can I tell you? So, as we stand right now, uh, the standings in A block have Jay White and Tai Chi and Will Ospreay. I can't believe we're saying Tai Chi within those, within this. <laughs> Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Tai Chi all tied for four points at the top. Then you have Jeff Cobb, Kota Ibushi, Minoru Suzuki, and Kazuchika Okada tied for two. While Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Tagaki, and Yujiro Takahashi, <clears throat> the Tokyo Beam, all rounding out the bottom at zero points. Whereas on block B, Juice Robinson, Toru Yano, and Tetsuya Naito are all tied for four. This is Tetsuya Naito, Toru Yano, and Juice fucking Robinson. All tied for first place. Jesus. Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, Goto, and Evil all have two points. And uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Sanada are scraping the bottom of the, with, of the barrel with Yoshi-Hashi all at zero. It's a wild, wild start to this tournament. And already my predictions are completely shot. But that's part of the fun. Let's go look at some Super Chats. Here before uh, we move on to other wrestling talk. Evan Wright uh, left a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. Says, night one, Ishii Suzuki. I guess he's talking about his favorite matches. Uh, yes. Uh, Ishii Suzuki, night two, Tana Naito. Tana Naito was amazing. Uh, night three, Taichi Suzuki. Night four, Naito Zack Sabre Jr. Hose me down for the next show. Two, Shingo Osprey. Oh, I hope Shingo wins. And Ibushi Ishii. Uh, who, um, which should be great as well. Ibushi Ishii, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be magic. Those are very, very, very good picks, uh, Evan, as far as your favorite matches go. Chat, have you been watching? What are, what have, what have been your favorite matches so far? Uh, Aaron Entertainment left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Aaron says, think of this as finals. White versus evil. And, I mean, I get it. I, I completely get it and it would be very interesting because I think there'd be a lot more than just Wrestle Kingdom on the line. There'd be the Bullet Club leadership. Uh, it's it's something that a lot of people are excited about. But between, between you and I, Aaron, I don't think it'd make a good main event because both white and evil, they just, they just play off the same strengths. They're, they're, they need outside interference. They need shenanigans. I don't think it'd be a good main event. But hey, we still have time to go. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says, the Young Lion undercard matches are fantastic. Yes, they are. Uh, they've all been really, really good. Um, the guys have been out there, Suji and Yumera uh, uh, um, uh, have been absolutely fantastic. Look, here's the thing. with the With the shows overall right now, since since a lot of um, since a lot of the shows aren't um, since a lot of the shows aren't well are still in COVID era. There's a lot of performance running around. They've trimmed down the G1 show significantly, so there's not as many six man tag matches as in the previous years or tag matches. So you just jump in with the Young Lions and then your block matches. Watching the G1 this year is a breeze. It's so, so, so much of a breeze. It's fantastic. Uh, 
Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you again, Anakin. Says, Warren, don't stop believing. I think we're talking about Yoshihashi here. Because he made me believe. He he made he made me believe the little son of a... Evan Wright left us another super chat. Thank you again. He says, the day we get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Suzuki one-on-one, get the hoes. Yeah, you know, they need to... I mean, where uh, by the way, I want to say hello to Injection2K. Good to see you. Welcome into the chat. And just to... You know, not that I'm saying that, um, that uh, Suzuki is getting old and over the hill, but he is getting up there in age... So they sort of kind of need to start to think about giving us matches that we might not be able to get sooner than later. He's in excellent shape, don't get me wrong. I don't he doesn't show any signs that he's breaking down, but you know, the more you wait on this stuff, we then we might uh, end up missing out on things. But thank you for the uh thank you for that. Evan uh, everything pro wrestling. Welcome to the chat. How are you doing? And we got another super chat from Evan Wright. It says thoughts on the rumor of tag league. Uh, oh yeah, uh, thoughts on the rumor of tag league slash best of super juniors tournament. That uh, there's a rumor circulating that they might be ready. They being New Japan that they might be ready to uh, ready to pull the trigger on this uh, just as the G1 concludes. I'm gonna tell you one thing. Uh, and uh, by the way, Daniel Price, how are you doing? Um, it's, uh, the, uh, the I, I think we need a best of Super Juniors this year. I really do because there's a lot of guys who during the COVID era in the juniors they were able to uh, they were able to um, uh, they they were they 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 provided they were able to be there and and put in some great matches for. Uh, for the the fans and non fans that were there, if you know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about. So, um, so you know, I'd like to see Ishimori get more. Sh- well, Ishimori is the the champ, but you know, I'd like to see Hiromu get more shine. I'd like to see El Desperado get more shine. I'd like to see Master Wato. I think Master Wato needs the best of Super Juniors tournament this year to really come into his own. Uh, so I'm I hope that. Once the G1 is is done, that they pull the trigger on it. As far as World Tag League, I don't give a shit about uh, about World Tag League and how New Japan treats its tag teams. I don't care. I really don't care. And and as long as uh, the Gorillas of Destiny are are over on uh, are over in North America and the United States, there there's no big tag teams over on the other side. Sure, you could re bring. Um, sure, you could bring the Golden Aces back again. Uh, yes, your current champs are Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Sure, I mean, you do have tag teams, but man, I do not care about World Tag League this year. They could really skip it over, and uh, and I'd be uh, I'd be I'd be cool with that. That wouldn't be a problem. So, uh, so there we go. That's how we are going to. Uh, that's going how we're going to wrap up. Our first week of recapping the G1 Climax 30. So there you have it, folks. Remember, you can continue dropping some super chats and so on and so forth. It's not just... We've been through talking about all this New Japan stuff. Now we're going to... Talk about the other things as we move into 
the weekly wrestling inspection. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> again, I apologize, but then again, it's on my point. It's not my place to apologize. I apologize for everyone who's running into server problems, streaming problems. Um, YouTube and a lot of their Google services are having issues right now. So I really, really apologize. But if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, you're like, what are YouTube problems? I'm listening to this and it's as smooth as booter. Let's start. <laughs> Let's start talking about uh, WWE, and we're gonna start off the bat with a positive note. Cool beans. Hell, folks. Roman Reigns' heel turn. We, we we all have to. It's good, right? It's good. It's been really, really good, and it's only going to get better as as we're going forward. I really like how they're handling it. He's clearly a heel, right? Like, there's no. There's no mistakes about it. They're clearly establishing him as a heel, but they're gently leaning into it. You know, he didn't come out swinging chairs around and destroying the baby faces. No, 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 no. They're allowing us to feel this heel turn, and I am all for it. Uh, And this is what's making it good. It's insidious. We're witnessing the, the development of the new corrupt Roman Reigns and I really like it. I really dig it. Roman is turning into my one of the reasons that I like that that I tune into SmackDown on Fridays. Little by little, we're there. We're you know the, maybe some people are still holding out hope that the good Roman will still pop out. His program with Jay Uso, and I said this when they started it, and it's confirming uh, that I am absolutely wise. And as Alex McCarthy said about me, I am a wrestling luminary. Uh, his program was with Jay. His cousin was absolutely the best way to go about doing it. I love how strained it all is and how clearly Roman is ready to tear him apart. The one thing that I hope is that the address on Friday, because you know, you know, when they ended SmackDown, you know, Roman was all smiles. He and Jay had hugged. And then when Jay was up the ramp, Roman started scowling at him. I hope... That at the very least, someone showed Jay after the show footage and was like, look, Roman Roman was sort of pissed off at you. He was scowling at you. And that they address it, right? Because there's no way that Jay Uso would not have been... Um, there's no reason why Jay would do that or wouldn't be aware of Roman doing that. Someone had to tell him, right? I, I'm holding out hope. But we'll see. I'm not super convinced, but we'll see. All right, so that's that's pretty much all all the good I have to say about WWE this week. That's all the good I had to say about WWE this week. We are moving into some hot trash territory, folks. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw and its problems cuz god almighty it has problems. Now, I'm not going to break down the show as I usually do or pick out some elements and I'm like, this was good, this was bad. I think, I think because, not I think, because Raw this Monday was objectively bad. You can't make a case, I don't think, without being slightly disingenuous uh, to be like, 
well, um, at least, you know, this was a shine. I think it was bad. I think it was a bad, bad show. And whatever bright spots were there, I think were just overshadowed by all the garbage that tries to support it. And let's get it out of the way. I, I, I'm going to talk about, let, let's, let's talk about revolution. Let's just get this out of the way. Not revolution, excuse me. Let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about retribution. It stinks. The names are absurd, right? They're stupid. We've all been over this. If there's one thing that all of wrestling Twitter united around on Sunday, uh, Monday evening was the fact that uh, Slabjack and Toe Jam and uh, Butternut, they were all horrible names. Now, they they all sounded like G.I. Uh, Joe Dreadnought Rejects. Someone tweeted that out and I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. It, it, it sounds exactly like Zartan's group from the old G.I. Joe stuff. So let's not forget. Here's the thing, right? They used current social political imagery to get us to this point, right? People in, you know, in dressed in black, throwing Molotov cocktails, destroying property, flipping cars, setting fires. And this is what's ultimately, I think the worst part of it all is that they use this imagery and without adding in the context or the gravitas, not that I expected them to, but it makes the reveal with the goofy masks and the asinine names all the more ridiculous and insulting, right? So a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, I was uh, I was on a podcast with Denise Salcedo and and we were we were having a very very cordial and friendly debate. Uh, uh, shout out to Denise. But we were, you know, she, she, we were talking about rebel, uh, retribution. You guys know my feelings on this. And and Denise was bringing up very valid points. She was saying, Ooh, you know, yeah. other media, other television shows are going to use this imagery. They're going to they're going to uh, they're going to use the protests and the movements that are going on right now. To they're going to add that to their movies, to their programs. So why not wrestling? And she's entirely right. Other media are going to do this, are going to use it. My counterpoint to her was that the difference is that WWE is not going to take the time to explore the reasons why this, these things are happening. They're going to use this to just get us to a, a wrestling match. They, it will prey off imagery that strikes fear in the heart of middle America so that we can get pretend fighting in a ring. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be condescending here. I like my pretend wrestling in a ring. You guys know that I love pro wrestling. Um, so, so there's a big gap. There's a big difference here versus uh, on those two ends. And but it turns out that despite the fact that they're not addressing the imagery that they're praying from, they are portraying retribution as people who ultimately feel wronged and overlooked and under the heel of major corporations just as in society right just that's what a lot of these protests are about people who feel that justice needs to be served this is kind of what retribution Ooh, yeah. is saying in a very roundabout wrestling kind of way uh they're saying you know that they're talking about corporations being under the foot of multi-million billionaires billion dollar companies and they're still portrayed as heels. 
they're still portrayed as heels. Uh, Despite the fact that they're out there saying, we want to claim justice. We think WWE is a, abuses its its talent and so on and so on. Yeah, well, there you go. And they're such huge heels in the eyes of creative. They're such enormous heels that even the heels hate them. The Hurt Business, stable of heels, they're ready to fight these mega heels. <laughs> That's how that's how terrible these people who are seeking justice are, right? So we're not even close to making sense of the in- imagery. And of course, let's we can even talk about the contracts. The the fact that they were signed to contracts. They were out doing anarchist thing, you know, and stuff like that. They hate and they saying they hate power hungry corporations, but they sign contracts with the power-hungry corporation. They hate the WWE superstars for lining their pockets with big corporation money, but they're lining their pockets themselves with big corporate money. Commentary kept putting over, and this is what's stupid, commentary kept putting over. I can't believe who would have given these people a contract, who signed them to a contract. I'm like, dude, you know who signed these people in kayfabe, even if we're in kayfabe. Let's let's keep this in kayfabe. Just go ask Vince. And he'll tell you there's agents out there. There's people who sign. Go ask Bruce. And that's the egregious offense of all of this that ultimately it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense sense but the problem ultimately the problem and the reason why we're both laughing and hating on retribution the main issue here is all wwe's fault because it's within the group's build the hype the covert operations the mystery it all led to nothing i've we've talked about it before here on the show if you're going to put out wrestlers with masks on their faces it usually imply implies a surprise down the road someone's going to do this and you're gonna go my god it's rick flair my god it's uh, kenny omega my god yeah i don't even know if kenny omega ever did a uh, a hoodie gimmick but look it was supposed to lead to something you were supposed to have someone there who who was going to just take the mask off and everything would have melted down you all know my my prediction i was that roman reigns is going to be the leader of retribution and that would have been that would have solidified everything it would have made everything feel real and coalesced and it would have been badass as fuck but not here this is if they had debuted honest to god i really believe that if they had debuted from day one with that getup, with the with the masks and the makeup and the and the transformer names it, Ooh, yeah. they wouldn't have got such backlash but wwe you know, you know they would have had this super villainy a cartoony vibe to them from the get-go and it probably I'm, I'm convinced it would have been received better maybe not unanimously uh, well received but definitely not unanimously rejected as it's happened right here because 
WWE would not have created any expectations. Now they created expectations for two months. They gave us they gave us uh, breadcrumbs where we were like, okay, something good is something good is happening. Something good is happening. This is going to pay off. And let me do just to make sure that we're clear. I mean, that, that that's exactly what it is. Let me go through a couple of Super Chats before I continue here. Um, let me see here. We have Anakin JMT who left us a Super Chat. Thank you, Anakin. It says, you uh, you were on the SmackDown post show with Sean in what was labeled as the worst SmackDown ever. How does Raw compare to that? Uh, it's same vibe. I remember. Uh, I remember that one where where we had we started with that meme that everyone's with me covering my eyes and Sean looking completely despondent. Um same same vibe for me same type of energy and I, i'm gonna talk about it in a second but it raws like we had on monday highlight everything problematic with wwe and how it approaches its product and how it delivers on storytelling it's just very 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 problematic evan wright left us a super chat as well thank you again evan says last time i was this down on uh on a show the fightful post show for smackdown a few months ago open with sean half asleep and you double face palming exactly that's exactly the one that anakin was referring and that it wasn't good it that was a bad one but raw i feel like raw raw hasn't been good over the past couple of weeks and was building to this moment was building to a crescendo of shit. <laughs> a shit rendo. Uh, DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, should retribution continue leaning into memedom? Uh, I think yes. I think that's the only thing that can save them at this point is if they become if they become a very living meme. I, I kind of saw what they were doing on Twitter. I haven't been very active on Twitter over the past couple of days, but I have seen their accounts and they're talking amongst each other and they're fo all following Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens like what the fuck um yeah it's uh it's a weird one it's a weird one for sure uh but I yeah I think they should continue sort of trying to make jokes out of themselves wrestling plug inc how you doing welcome to the chat left us a super chat thank you very much and the line drive how you doing welcome to the chat as well didn't see you there uh entire show of contract signings or this past raw you know, at least an entire show of contract signings, they'd be like, hey, you know what? This is all going to be contract signings and it'll be what it'll be, you know, as opposed to this where you can tell they're like, this is going to be good, but it just didn't, it, it didn't turn out good at all. Uh, Evan Wright left us another super chat as well. Thank you again. Says, going to keep it as honest as I can. Somebody suggested Triple H as leader to get back at Vince. I don't think that saves the faction. This sucks. I agree. Uh, I think it would hurt Triple H more than anything else. I don't think he should get involved uh, creatively in this. This is way too over the top, even for Triple H. I think he needs to stick to being the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, the good face of NXT. He needs to continue doing that. I agree. I don't think it would save much. Anakin JMT left us another super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. He says, what's worse, Retribution or Raw Underground? Retribution, without a shadow of a doubt. Raw Underground isn't great, but it has its moments. Like uh, Marina Shafir wrestling in a, fighting in 
baggy, crazy baggy pants a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, like I said, uh, with one of the super chats, Raw this week was all about highlighting WWE's overall problems. One of them is that they don't know how to do proper storytelling. And I've talked about this before, you know, the A to B to C to D situation. When you when you build a story, when you craft a story, you know, you're supposed to get to from your introduction to the end and there's supposed to be events that happen, right? Well, you're always supposed to give a little, right? You're When, when people come in and, and start... Um, when people come in and start um, st- start creating a situation, you always have to give a little more. Every week, you give the viewer a little more because it's about the viewer. It's about feeding the viewer's interest. And, I mean, Retribution was exactly like that. I mean, on Raw, on, uh, right up until they had their first match, on Raw, Retribution was the exact same thing week after week. And having them flip a car versus breaking a window versus um versus vandalizing a ring um there's not much difference it's always the same action you there's nothing new added other than well we're doing the same thing week after week after week and there's there's just no advancement just attacks that's not a story and when that happens you're treadmilling you're treading water you're not doing anything good you're giving the illusion that your story is progressing but it's not it, 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 it it's not even when and I'm this is going to date me but back in the day when cheers had the whole Sam and Diane will they won't they uh story which was a big big deal and was very very well crafted yes they were able to draw the the idea of them dating uh, hooking up or not uh for a long a couple of seasons but they would always give a little and add a little to it here WWE has trouble doing that. Remember, like, the whole Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin storyline. There was never anything really new that was added to that. It was just retreading always the same things. It's always the same things. Now, there are moments that WWE is able to make it work. There are moments where it works. Um, Otis and Mandy is one of them. Sasha and Bailey. ultimately, I think there's a lot of happenstance in there and a lot of Oh boy, we dodged a bullet here, folks. I think there's a lot of that, but you know, still, we're able to 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 create something interesting out of that. The Usos in the New Day, as far as that's one of the better examples of long-term storytelling that they have in the company, because whenever the Usos in the New Day come back to fight each other, they always lean into their history without bringing us all the huge video packages. We just know, we just know, because the guys they they hint at it, and they've had great matches, so. It's easy to lean into that. But then again, they'll flip around and then they'll be they'll they'll end up being able to fuck up Daniel Bryan coming out of retirement and fucking up his his revenge story against the Miz, which was pre-written. I don't know how they managed to do it, but they did. Or or just recently, like Sasha, why did she come back on television? Why did she come back on TV? to the performance center in a neck brace to cut a promo. Keep her out of television. Keep her away. She didn't need to be attacked again. Just keep her off of TV so that when she returns, people get really excited. There was no reason to bring her back. The lawsuit with Otis and, and Miz and Morrison, it's stupid. And we've lost 
the Mandy storyline, which was which was so good. The the romantic relationship had so much stuff there. It's so stupid. And then one of the problems that WWE has is that it tries too hard. And Retribution is the pinnacle of this. They don't know how. They're desperate to try and find a way to reconnect with their audience or to create new opportunities to try and get new people to come in. But they end up doing stuff like like this, which is super corny and and just way too over the top. Or and and they'll try pushing into their storyline, sh- shoving uh, square pegs into circles to try and make things work and be like look doesn't this make sense to you like suddenly all of a sudden drew mcintyre and keith lee are suddenly best friends and now they can't stand each other but uh, or you know the whole stuff with the street prophets or the viking raiders it didn't need to be that big or convoluted or complex the zombie alexa bliss stuff is shoved down our throats no subtlety there's nothing there's nothing to allow that allows us to use our imagination it's just shove down our gullets immediately let the wrestling tell the stories new japan doesn't have zombie uh zombie people or you know uh, putt putt tournaments it just has wrestling matches everything happens within the ring uh side glares uh, uh, uh shoving matches after tag team matches that lead into singles this is how it works and then they let the talent tell the stories the most important part of the match of the entire feud is telling a story within the ring they let their talent tell the stories but wwe overproduces everything 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 why not let the talent tell the stories are you look Last Friday on SmackDown, we got Grand Metalik versus Cesaro on a Friday night. How did that not tear the house down? If not only because they were told by producers, guys, you got to cap it at, I don't know, five minutes and keep it low key. That's, there's no reason why Grand Metalik versus Cesaro shouldn't have wowed the socks off of us, but it didn't. And because they don't leave the wiggle room for that. They just try so goddamn hard to make the stories work when they could be just letting their talent do the stuff. And of course, it never, WWE never rewards its fans for watching. I have, it's insane how a television show like Raw or any type of television show, I I, I can't find a proper example of of another TV show that doesn't reward its fans for watching like WWE does the endless recaps of what happened last week or the moments ago recaps and let's get this out of the way I understand why they do it I understand the the logic of doing moments ago this is what happened last week because the the reasoning the thinking behind it all is if someone flips the channel during the commercial for another quarter hour, if they fall on to us, they need to know what's happening or what happened to make sure that we keep them, right? That was a strategy that was used during the height of the Monday Night Wars back in the 90s. Nitro, Raw, people were legitimately flipping between the channels. So if you flip to Raw, you wanted to see this is what's happening within the uh this is what's happening within the next few what just what happened a few minutes ago so that you'd stay captivated and never mind the other promotion show right there's no channel flipping to raw 
the ratings aren't good. There's no new people that they're dragging in. They need to stop insulting our intelligence and just trust that we are going to remember stuff. Just like when they do these extensive recaps of what happened last week at the pay-per-view, we watched your fucking pay-per-view. And if we didn't, it doesn't matter. Just have the characters lean into what happened and let's move along. And the retconning of history, that's another thing, you know, that 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 always gets to me. NXT call-ups that you follow and then they come up and they're they lose their identities or they go off into a completely different direction. Why does WWE never truly express thanks for the fans? Not not this disingenuous, oh, we, we like to do, we listen to the fans kind of thing. No, a real reward, a real absolute tangible reward. Thank you for listening for the past X years because this is, we're doing this because of that. It's one of the reasons I liked the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania 36 so much because it did exactly that. It was like, thank you, fans, for being here for the past 12 years or so because you're going to get this. You're going to understand what we're talking about here. And I can, I, that's something I got behind and one of the reasons that I thought it was so compelling, but they won't do it. And I'm just seeing in the, quickly in the chat, people saying, you know, uh, um, the... Uh, that you know i i agree vince thinks that the audience has attention deficit disorder but it's not and the the current viewing the current tv viewing audience has so much choice now and they can listen to things that really respect them and respect their intelligence in ways Ooh, that has yeah. never happened before if they feel that shit has been dumbed down for them they're gonna hit the bricks and guess what wwe People have been hitting the bricks from your programming. DGMC left a super chat. Thank you very much, DG. He says, in your opinion, is WWE's product worse now than 25 years ago? That would take us back to 1995. If I'm terrible at math. Is that correct, chat? That would take us back to 1995. The answer is... Uh, the answer is uh nuanced um <laughs> the the answer is nuanced i i think i think they were well of course they were on the cusp of something great so maybe not maybe not as good the in-ring work this is what's nuts is the in-ring work in all of wrestling that we consume in our modern day has never been better the athletics the matches the talent, the pure talent. It's insane how good wrestling is when you actually get to see wrestling. The packaging that goes around WWE has let, leaves a lot to be desired terribly. Um, so I think that in a lot of ways, oh, the yeah. wrestling, the, the the wrestling product, the athleticism the sport of wrestling, of pro wrestling, if you want to call it that, is far superior. Yes, it is a better, it is a better um, outcome, I think. It is better now. But I think creatively, they're in the same rough spot. I really do believe they're in the same, I think they're in the same rough spot. And hold. they're probably crossing their fingers, hoping for the next Stone Cold or the next, rock 
to pop out and and save them. But then again, WWE has trouble building stars, don't they? Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it. He says, Omega Page versus Bucks at Revolution rewarded me as a viewer. The OWA from Page, the crossface chicken wing, all the stuff leading into it, I was rewarded. AEW does that very, very well. New Japan does that very, very well. If you're... And, and, and they're things for people who have been longtime viewers and they don't impede your your appreciation of the match. It's just nuances that you as a fan will see. Uh, you'll understand uh, you'll understand when Naito fights Zack Sabre Jr. if he tries to log Jr. into uh, a really weird hold. You'll know, oh, he's trying to put Jr. into orienteering with Napalm Death, which is the mo- which Ooh, Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. debuted in a match against Tetsuya Naito. So, you know, that kind of stuff. But it won't impede your appreciation of the match. And if commentary does their job well, they'll highlight that, will help will help you understand will help you as a fan who've seen this be like, yeah, this is great stuff. And will help newer fans be like, oh, there's history here. There's something more that I need to be grasping. And that makes you want to get invested in it. If you feel there's a universe around it, not a WWE universe, like a creative universe around it, you'll naturally want to to dig in, sink your teeth in, and 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 go for it. Anakin JMT left a super chat. Thank you again. He said, I'd rather watch the party play Uno than be on TV. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a... That's saying something, isn't it? All right, that's enough. That's enough. Um, let's talk about AEW for a bit. Um, AEW had a really, a strangely uneven week, wouldn't you say? Um, like they put on an absolute. Let, let's hear. Let me pull up a, a warm soda, just for just for the kicks of it. Um, just because. Look, they had a must see episode of of Dark this week, right? And if only for the Ben Carter Lee Johnson match, which fucking tore the house down. Easily the best match any of us are going to see this week. It was so fantastically good. And it's been a while since we've had a must-watch episode of Dark. This is one of them. I, I, I definitely suggest if you haven't watched the match, it's the second to last one, go check it out. It's Go out of your way to see it. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, you, you, you need to take time out of your week to look at it. I don't think there will be... A, a, a better match this week. It was really good. Um, uh, and then there was the Late Night Dynamite show that did great numbers for AEW for such a late show. They had uh, Sean Spears defeating Matt Seidel. They had Anna Jay having Brandy tap the fuck out. Queen of the Dark Order. And... Um, and they had Scorpio Sky versus Ben uh, Ben Carter again. And poor Ben Carter tested positive for COVID. What a bummer, right? And he said it himself on Twitter. He's like, you can't write this stuff. Of course, I'm ha- coming off the biggest high of my career and I have to. Good job, AEW. Like, Will Hobbs, Ben Carter, true homegrown talent. You know what I mean? Good on them. And good on, good on them for capitalizing off of the NBA and trying something to attract new audiences just trying some when's the last time wwe did something like that right i fantastic stuff and then you know they they were struck with some bad news with lance archer testing positive for covid covid as well and they had to reshuffle the main event but then 
we got to dynamite and so you know there 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 were there was really good stuff and bad stuff and then we lead into dynamite and dynamite was a representation of that there was it was good stuff but there was a lot of stuff where I'm like this isn't great you know and that's where we're going to start off with some hot trash uh first match on dynamite uh, Miro and Kip Sabian versus uh Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss it was sloppy it was not a good match and I think it stands out more it, I think it stands out harder as a sloppy match because because AEW usually starts Dynamite off so strong. Like the opening, they usually open with a tag team match and it's always fast paced. They, they don't have a commercial for the first 18 minutes or so. And I love Dynamite every week, how it starts and this was a, a a a misstep. It was a misstep. But look, I don't know why why they decided to debut Miro, former Rusev, in ring like this. I don't know why they decided to do that with a tag team. I don't know why the match was this long. I don't know why anything with this this happened. And I know there's a lot of people who got out on on the Twitter and got really really pissed off at Joey Janela, right? Because Joey Janela has a whole corner of the internet who just absolutely abhors him. You know what cornetter I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So they were quick to blame Janelle on this. I'm going to tell you, a sloppy match is a team effort. There's four people involved in this. Good matches are a team effort. Sloppy matches are a team effort. And in this one, no one shined. No one came across as, well, everyone stunk it up it was a it was a it was a misstep it was absolutely absolutely a misstep evan wright left us a super chat thank you very much evan says anna jay is going to be a star correct uh she still needs to to tighten up her in-ring but she's 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 improved a lot and i feel like she's putting in the work now that she's in the position she is i think AEW wants her to be a big star she needs to put the in-ring work i thought her match with brandy was okay but I don't, but then again, she's wrestling Brandy, who's not a great wrestler to begin with. So, you know, I'm I'm giving a lot of slack here. But yes, Anna Jay is going to be a star. Thomas and I stand in Discord, but seriously, one year in and she was good. Con- constant improvements. Love watching her improve. Exactly. Uh, and you can't fault her for that. As opposed to Nia Jax, who wasn't, not only who's been on main for three, four years now, plus wasn't developmental before that. And she still... She, um, am I talking about Nia Jax right now? Let's move on to, uh, let's move on to some, uh, some warm soda again. Boop, boop. Wait, boop. There we go. Um, Orange Cassidy wrestles again. I don't, I, I don't know why we're having Orange Cassidy wrestle all that much. I think one of the, one of his attractions was the fact that he didn't wrestle a lot uh sort of keeping the mystique around him i think that's i think that's a smart move um i think it's a good move to do uh i i think it's a good move to do that but you know he's been off of a you know big victory a squash victory last week i understand the logic of him being hey i'd be due for a title shot but I don't think this match helped him. Not that he, not that he was bad. I just don't think it helped him. I should have kept him off, away from the ring for a while. I think. I think. I think it's part of his character. I think that's part of who he is. 
Plus, uh, you know, because he did feel like it felt like a throwaway match for for Brody Lee. Uh, it really did. Then, of course, Cody returned, which is good news. I think I I I don't think there's anything bad in regards to Cody returning. He's one of the top three stars in the company. He's super over. He gets his pyro all the time, so you know that's important. Comes out, uh, comes out with black hair now, looking like he's been cast in a Dark Shadows remake. I'm not sure about the look, but clearly he's you know usually you come out with black hair. You got yourself an edge now. Now you're ready to you're you're ready to do things that you didn't think you were po- it was possible for you to do. And then Brody Lee sort of challenged him, backhandedly challenged him to a dog collar match, which they'll probably set up for the anniversary match, or now they bump the anniversary match, right? They're making it a Jericho's 30th anniversary. Look, the point here is that we're going to get a we're going to get a dog collar match, Brody Lee versus uh versus uh Cody Rhodes. And I could not be more excited to see that that should be fantastic i really I, i really think it's it'll be good and i think it was really good for cody to take some time off people are excited to see him back i think it works i think it's very very work i think it's very very good let's keep the warm soda going here um because i'm going to talk about the elite storyline because look i can't talk about wwe doing shit storytelling by not going from point A to point B to point C to point D and always doing point A to point B and then B and then B and B again because that's kind of what they're doing right now with the Elite storyline. Since uh, since All Out, there hasn't been much advancement. We're still at the same spot. There's still something weird between Kenny and, and Paige and the, and the Bucks are being dicks and we're we're sort of at a... Uh, we're, we're, we're sort of at a level playing field and nothing is going ahead and I'm excited to see this go forward. I want this to go forward, but right now my I'm like, well, give me something to talk about. Give me, give me something new because right now it just feels like same old, same old. Like, like next week, I'd like the roles to be reversed. I'd like Kenny Omega to have a singles match and put Paige on commentary so that we can compare and contrast. I want the Bucks to have a match. I mean, cool and all bullying the uh, the uh, the broadcasting team, super kicking Alex Marvez. He probably deserved it, regardless. But I want I want something to happen now. And you know what I think? Look, let me g- give me give me um, give me a moment here to indulge you with an idea. It probably won't happen because I was convinced that there were going to be four horsemen in, in, in AW and that didn't happen. But indulge me for a second here. What if, like the elite is in shambles, right? Cody returns. What if Cody comes back and wins back the TNT title and then gets the elite back together? You know, basically, and he regroups them. He gets them back together and he says, guys, we started this company because because it was for us we were sick of doing what everyone else wanted why don't we start doing things for us now this is why we started this company it's ours it's our playground all elite wrestling who are we 
We are the elite. We run this place. And they become a top heel stable. And the only outlier here could be Adam Page, where he's like, I'm not sure I want to be a part of this. With everyone being super edgy and mean and dastardly and shit like that. Adam Page is like, nah, man, I'm I'm official. I'm you guys wanted me out, but I want out of this, you know, kind of thing. That would be a good motivation to bring Cody back to just get everyone back on the same page. And uh, no pun intended, really, swear. Just to get get the elite back, but really like, you know what? Over the past year, we've been trying to make all the marks happy. Now it's time to make us happy. Let's go out and win championships. Why not? I think it has legs. I think it has legs. Of course, it's one of my ideas. Of course, I think it has legs. All right. So as I I mentioned earlier, um, um, our boy uh, Lance Archer was... uh, was tested positive for COVID, so couldn't. They had to scrap the six-man tag last night. Um, so instead, they pivoted and decided to give uh, Eddie Kingston a shot at the AEW Championship facing John Moxley. So after the first match, Kingston comes right out with a microphone in his hands. He says he was never eliminated. 18 years and uh, never eliminated from the Casino Battle Royal. 18 years of wrestling. He deserves this shot. He says, John Moxley sold out and uh, Kingston never did, despite the fact that they're cut, cut from the same cloth. He, Kingston, stayed with the fighters and the outlaws. He didn't sell his soul to the devil like Moxley did. He calls him out, calls him the sports entertainer. Moxley comes to the ring. They stare themselves down. Officials run in to break them apart. That, and look at 60-second build to your main event, and I am already more into it than anything that WWE's been trying to do with Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee over the past three weeks. 60 seconds of a guy just coming out, cutting a savage, heartfelt promo, making us believe that he has a right to be there, and calling out the champ, and the champ is like, yeah, you want a piece of this? And then people coming to break them apart? Fantastic shit. It took 60 seconds to make me care about the main event. It didn't take weeks. It didn't take uh, it, it didn't take a, a, a recap of the past three months. It just took one guy and a mic and sixty goddamn seconds. Now, if you're not going to if you're not going to sit listening to this show and say, "God damn, Warren, I felt the same way." Eddie Kingston is one of the best promos in the business. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You're entitled to your opinion, I guess. I'm never going to tell you guys what to feel, of course. I'm just being stupid, but that's still the point. That Kingston was tossed in to be like, look, you got to sell the people on this, and look at what he did. And then you sort of wonder, what the hell has, uh, what the hell has every promotion on earth done for the past 18 years, not giving this guy a bigger platform? And the match, my God, what a great brutal hard-hitting match just a couple of guys who went out there to hurt each other a wild brawl i went onto the floor over the barricades they chopped the shit i'm sure that mox hasn't been chopped like that in a long time i'm sure convinced it was such a good brutal fight i loved it 
I absolutely 100% loved this match. And I loved the build and it was a great way to cap off a very a very up and down edition of um of AEW Dynamite. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. Says the sheer difference between promos we see in AEW and the ones we see all uh, across all WWE brands is so clear. No BS. Let them share their personalities. You know, that's exactly what I was saying earlier. Let the talent tell their stories. Yes, as in-ring performers, but also as well-rounded performers as well. Uh, you know, there's there's some people who are just... Of course, Eddie Kingston is gifted. He's just gifted. Uh, but there are some people who should not be reading lines and should be trying to improvise a little more, speak from the heart. Um, the over-scripting, the over-producing, man. It, the over-producing really does hurt WWE, and it hurts Raw Underground. Why wouldn't Raw Underground feel like it was shot on... Uh, on iPhones and GoPros and gritty, you know, and, and uh, you know, you just add some, uh, just a little more contrast to it. And where, what happened to the smoke machines? Why is it all so well lit now? I don't know. I don't know. Bunch of boomers. <laughs> Want to say hello to Go Indy now? Good to see you. It's been a while. Um, bef uh, I just want to talk about NXT as well before we wrap things up. Let's get some cool beans going for our boy Kyle O'Reilly winning the number one contender spot. He will be facing Prince Devitt. Finn Balor at TakeOver. And I am um, going, you know, we talked about this last night uh, on the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. You know, I, I think that in the context with Keith Lee being suddenly drawn up to, to, to Maine and Killer Cross being injured, I think they pivoted really, really well to create new situations, new matches. And I think that in the current environment, Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly is the most interesting match for wrestling fans that WWE, that NXT has to offer, and they're giving it to us on TakeOver. And I'm thrilled about that. I think it, it is legitimately a match that I can get excited for as a wrestling fan because I feel like I'm going to get a wrestling match, something that maybe should have happened seven years ago, but I'm not going to bitch too much about that. Kyle O'Reilly is such a phenomenal wrestler and he's still on top of his game we've barely seen what he's capable to do in NXT we're this close though and Balor can still go he's had outstanding matches as well in NXT this is the most interesting outright interesting match NXT has to deliver this is one that is going to get us wrestling fans to talk it's a good it's a good good choice I don't think they're going to put the belt on Kyle. I'd like them to put the belt on Kyle because Kyle O'Reilly is underappreciated, but I think he's going to turn a lot of mainstream heads moving forward here. He is so fucking good. And we're going to end with some hot trash. How how are they booking Tim, Timothy Thatcher? I, I don't understand. 
like he comes in and they and they establish him as this you know this mat wrestling savant a genius that can break you down in, in nine different ways and knows all these moves and he coaches and he studies tape and he's on top of everything but he never wins you know he breaks down his opponent's moves and he but he never wins and i was talking about this with garrett kidney over uh, on on twitter and you should follow garrett because he's a good account to follow i was chatting with him and he was like you know isn't it interesting that thatcher studies all this tape and and you know, he, he basically put this this seed in my head and he said isn't it interesting that thatcher studies all this tape breaks it down but i'll breaks down all the moves and never wins and i'm like yeah do, do you think that wwe is trying to tell us something like the big because he did that he did that with uh damian priest and he lost is wwe trying to tell us that the you know the big handsome charismatic alpha males Ooh, they yeah. always win regardless you sit around watching tape you nerd what are you doing you nerd sitting around watching tape like a nerd you know, he all the the he he. I think they might be trying to tell us something, as you know, us nerdy wrestling fans like to break down the moves and everything doesn't matter ultimately. I think there's something very meta in what's happening. I don't understand how they're. I I just don't I I don't understand how then you can continue with a straight face saying Timothy Thatcher, Coach Thatcher, uh, you know technical wizard will destroy everyone with if he never wins matches it doesn't make sense evan right left us a super chat thank you again evan says why is grimes a top contender where has he been well honestly i'm i'm pretty sure that grimes has a, a better winning record i'm not saying a winning record but a better winning record than um than thatcher didn't grimes beat who did he defeat that was surprising. Wasn't it for the the North American title? Yeah, he be, well he beat no he didn't beat Gargano and I can't remember who he who he defeated. Slips my mind. But hey, your guess is as good as mine though. Look, you know, it's been reported that a lot of people in WWE have have been have tested positive for COVID, so maybe they're making do with what they have. I don't know, but yes, it is weird to always see these losing guys in these uh, in these match situations where they get to compete for titles and stuff. It's very strange. The line drive left us a super chat. Thank you, sir. He says, "I feel um, or or ma'am, I don't know why I assume." Thank you. Uh, they say, that I feel Thatcher is supposed to be NXT's Minoru Suzuki, but they've wasted a lot of his capital from pit fight getting others over. Mm -hmm, I agree. Yeah, and, and you're right. That does make a lot of sense, him being the, the Suzuki of it. Man, they should really, 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 okay, sir. They should really, absolutely make the fight pit Thatcher's match. I don't know why they're, they're not leaning into it more, bringing it back. And, you know, having Thatcher sort of linger, pull that out. is like, I'm going to fight you in the fight pit. But he has to win in the fight pit because he lost to Riddle. And boy, that, that was a strategic win. Good job. There you have it, folks. That was this week's Weekly Wrestling Inspection. 
And on that note, we are going to wrap up tonight's edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Thank you, everyone, for sticking through all of uh, YouTube's, YouTube's troubles who were uh, watching live tonight. If you still haven't, consider giving the video a thumbs up. If you liked it, if you stayed this far, I had a good time tonight once everything started working properly. It was it, it was it was cool, and I really appreciate everyone hanging out here again this evening. Thank you, everyone, for your super chats as well. Very, very uh, fortunate and generous, and uh, I'm fortunate for you, and you all are very generous. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Remember to head on over to patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Join us for the post show. We're going to be talking. I'm going to be getting uh, some calls in from the Discord, from the patrons in the Discord uh, for their Clash of Champions predictions. It's going to be exciting stuff. Come and join us. It's going to start in a few minutes. Otherwise, remember this Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Throwback is going to be joining me for the WWE Clash of Champions prediction show you know you don't want to miss that it'll be a good time mostly because of throwback maybe a bit of me but mostly because of throwback <laughs> again everyone thank you for watching thank you for your listening if you're listening to this on your podcast thank you thank you thank yous we'll see you next time <laughs>